let's go. Hello, everybody. Um, and welcome to the seventh. Is it the seventh episode? I think so. Damn. Yeah. No, it's not. It's the sixth. We're halfway there. Halfway through the season. Um, okay. Of Rogue's Gallery podcast, where we talk about all things D and D and TTRPG. And today are the main cast: me, Aina, Rain, and also War. But Crit is not here. Instead, we have a guest today. Uh, introduce yourself, guest. Well, hello to everybody. Uh, it's it's it's, it's kind of weird uh, being here on the podcast. <laughs> As <laughs> right now. Oh. Uh, my name is Farid, by the way. Hi, everybody. How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, and as you can see from his mask on his uh, very otherwise unknown body, <laughs> he plays J5 or Ahmed in our campaigns, in our regular campaigns. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and because Crit is on holiday today, to this week, he, uh, he'll be filling in for Crit with our glory story. So, again, each of us hold a section of the show from news, stories, homebrews, on top of a bunch of other things. So, uh, let me make sure everything is in line. I, I'm pretty... Okay, I should have done sound check, actually. Yeah. Can, can I pro, pro streamer move anything? Hold on, hold on. Okay, all Go good, on. all good. I, I know it. there's lines, but I just want to make sure again because, you know. Anyway... Uh, okay, let's go. Let's go with the news. Let's go. Hold on. Let me All right. Hello, on. everyone. Let's Whoa. go with the news. Hold on. <laughs> okay, okay. I got it. I got it. Let's go. Week. Let's go. It's baby streamer. It's okay. So, everyone. Uh, upcoming in the, uh, I think in the 5th of August, we have the Ennies coming up. Now, what the hell is the Emmys? I did not know about it until today either. So it's basically Emmys for tabletop RPGs. So that's pretty cool. Apparently that's a thing since 2002, so... Wait, yeah. you mean it's an <laughs> annual thing for like yeah. 20 years? Yeah. yeah. It's... okay. But yeah, um, it is apparently uh, it's been hosted in Gen Con mostly. So these guys are, uh, I think on the 8th. They just announced a list of uh, nominations for their uh, awards. Ooh, there I are quite a lot actually, and a lot are uh, a lot that I don't actually know. So you know, you can use this as a guide to uh, get the feel of which one, which one uh, you would be interested in. And just so you know, everything here is based on votes, if I recall correctly. It is, mm. it is a popularity contest. Uh, except for the judges spotlight, if I recall correctly, those those ones are selected by the actual judge, lah. So yeah, they have the judge spotlight winners, which are, uh, dwelling stack of goblins, shanty hunters, kobold guide to monsters, and wickedness. So that's like the five, I think. Yeah, the five games. I have no idea about any of those other than the Cobalt Guide to Monsters. Have you guys heard any of the others? Nope. Nope. To be fair, we're not really uh, module people. <laughs> I know. We really should. But Cobalt Guide to Monsters is basically a supplement to D&D, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. where they just put a shit ton more monsters for you guys to use. It's kind of like a, they have a nice tool online and everything. So yeah, but yeah, they uh, I guess they finally released a book 
for their shit, so that's cool. Uh, then there, there are other categories like best adventure, best aid or accessory. None of these I've heard of before, so I can't really say anything. There's that one digital and best aid and accessory, non-digital. I think I've heard the Fate Accessibility Toolkit though. Uh, yeah. Best art cover. Oh, okay. huh? Yeah, these are like physical tools that can help people. Essentially. Best art, exterior and interior. Oh, apparently. Oh, nope. I thought that's a 5e thing, something that we would understand, but no, it's just a setting for 5e, so never mind. Best cartography, best ebook. The Lazy DM Companion, that one's really good as well. Wait, uh, best. Wait, well, yeah, pretty cool. It's just kind of like a bunch of tools that you can use in your games, essentially. Mm. Yeah. So that's really nice. Best family game. Wonder Home. Bates that is so the close to the, to the to the game that I am making. Babes the boys. How is this a family game? Is it babes? Is it babies or like babes? babes? I think it it could be like a deer, uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, let me see. Actually, game is that a thing? Babes in the wood. Yeah, yeah. And nope, it's just girls in woods, I guess. I just, I'm girls. sorry, what? Yep. It's a family game. It. Oh, we should try. We should try that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, best free game. Uh, I don't think I've heard any of these, unfortunately. Best game. Nope, still none. I oh, man, we need to play oh, more really? other. Oh, root. Root's there. Root? Where? Where? Root? You I've know, heard, you guys I've know heard Root? I've it, but I've never yeah. actually played it. Oh, looks like it's a. Uh, it's like you're playing like wood, wood folk creature, like yeah. rats and shit. Mm. That's that's adorable. There's like a digital game, if I recall about it, like yeah, a digital. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a digital game. Oh, I, need to I give know it, it from this. I know it from the like digital space, and I saw yeah. it randomly in like a shop, and I was like, huh. Oh, yeah, Root it has expansions and everything. Yeah, it is a board game, right? Not not a TTRPG. That this one. Uh, yeah, best really, game. So. The yeah. one that I saw was board game, but this one <laughs> was a TTRPG. I, I don't. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, best layout. Uh, again, I don't think I've heard any of this. Best Ooh, Delta monster. Green is the, oh, is Delta Green is the like the soldier uh, game, right? Yeah, it's it's a D10 system, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the your percentile dice system. I, yeah. I recall. I don't know. All right. Don't right. don't call on me on that. <laughs> uh, best monster or adversary. Uh, just more books. Best online content. I know RPGbot.net. That's a good website if you want to go for builds. That's good shit. Although for some reason, five E dot tools is not here for some reason. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> we don't talk about five E. We don't talk about that too. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Ignore that. And also, I know I didn't. I didn't know uh, Kane published a book. A book already. What? Whoa! <laughs> Hold on. What is this? <laughs> Whoa! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Two hearts apart. Really? You, you have you have an online show apparently. Oh my Two God. hearts apart. Best organ. I'm gonna. Oh wait, wow. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Wait, did did that guy 
read Kane's book in our house adapted it into a play in real life oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> what are the coincidences <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things right where you know uh, you thought of it in the game and the world shifted itself so that it uh, could be in the real world oh my god <laughs> Okay, so it's looking at the, real. looking at the DM skill, it's about your friends you kidnap on their wedding day and if you can save them. So that sounds pretty close to uh, Ignis's kind of thing. Stop! You're not gonna <laughs> say I get kid. Stop it! This doesn't anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then I guess it again, best podcast. I think I've heard of Roll to Cast, but I, I don't remember any of these guys. Uh, best production value, more maybe, book shit stuff. Maybe for I'm lucky sorry? we can get into a nomination. Dude, <laughs> that is the dream. That is the dream. I, I think you have to highlight that one, uh, a name below the role to cast. That's a screen rogue's name. Oh uh, yeah, is it? Is it? Uh, it's written in white. It's written in white for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> let, let me just like it's it's on my screen for some reason. It's not on your screen, and I, I don't know why it's not oh, there. Okay. Yeah, so maybe you guys should uh, check out this new uh, channel called Skillin Rogue. That's pretty cool. I mean, if they're watching mm. this, they would have known already. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, more uh, best RPG related products. Uh, again, nothing, nothing that really kind of. Falls out to me. Uh, best rules, best setting. Taldore, of course, is over there. Yeah. I'm surprised if it's not. Like I'm just it's... watching. Where is? Although the... it says it's Taldore campaign setting reborn. I'm assuming it's like rewritten or some shit. No, uh, it's it's a re-release with re-release the... with the. Campaign 2 finishing. They updated a lot of stuff. So they added the uh... second continent, I believe. I see, I see, I see. So I thought that's, Taldori... a, that's a different book, right? Uh, no, I think Taldori and Wildmont is in here. It's But it's called Taldori Campaign. Yeah, but but I recall there is a book specifically for Wildmount. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's, oh, the official it's, it's one? There's an uh, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount. Yeah, the there you go. There's a separate book for it. So are they like com- just combining two books? Like what the hell's going on? Here? I think because Explorers Gate to Wildermines under uh D and D, like um, like Wizards of the Coast, but this one is under them, Darrington Press. Oh this that's one, true. this one has the subclasses. Yeah, okay, okay yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Explorer's yeah. Guide is only a as a book that yeah has like settings and stuff like that. But then Taltori's mm-hmm. campaign setting has features, rules and subclasses. I believe the the tragedy bard is really nice one there. Mm. All right, well, there you go. And uh, yeah, finally, product of the year. I don't know many of these, although I've been hearing a lot about this uh, thirsty sword lesbians. What? Yeah, apparently I've heard a lot about it. Like I've heard it around. I'm not sure if it's actually good or not, but the title is certainly uh, eye catching. Which part? <laughs> the thirsty, <laughs> the sword, or the lesbian? <laughs> uh, the swords, I, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I own it. <laughs> you own it? Did no, no, because it? I bought it in a bundle for something like. Ah, oh, yeah, because I, I recall there's like a big uh, TTRPG bundle the other day. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, uh, I think I have that bundle too. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone has the bundle. Uh, oh, there you go. We can actually <laughs> see it. <laughs> And yeah, the art is very adult, I guess. 
But yeah, that is kind of like the main NEs uh, here. Uh, just something for you guys to look through if you guys are interested in these sort of stuff. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to actually go through some of these and see what we can use in our game, our own uh, games, actually. I'm definitely look checking at Two Hearts Fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See? It's nice. Uh, other than that, we have kind of like a bunch of updates from uh, Paizo, basically, where they have kind of like an update on their kind of like the Pathfinder and Starfinder Society stuff. They got a bunch of selling new stuff. They got conventions coming up and so on. So yeah, a bunch of shit uh, just going on for these guys. You can uh, go to Paizo's page to come up. Here's another thing uh, that is interesting. Uh, interesting. Ben Riggs uh, kind of like uh, what do you call it? interpolate? No, not interpolate. I kind of plot out the sales basically. And apparently, D and D is very famous in the eighties. What do you mean apparently? Isn't that a given? Yeah, but no. like compared to compared to as you can see there, compared to the next years, like it's so low compared to you know then. It's oh. so much higher. I'm wondering what is 5e sales like though. Oh, wait, I'm confused. It's popular then when like there then. was a lot of stipulation for 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 uh, demon summoning and cult bullshit. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. You know what they say like bad, any publicity is good publicity, so I'm assuming that's when like it spiked up because everybody's trying to see what this is all about, but then it kind of meter out to just the ones who actually like the game for the game is what I'm mm. assuming but yeah but yeah uh, apparently the satanic panic uh, period kind of spread out throughout the world around by the late 1990s so oh, I guess that makes sense opposite, actually then. like the D&D became very famous and then the whole satanic panic thing comes in and uh, you know it fucking died out well, yeah, so this chart is by sales. Maybe they bought the book and then you know use it year after year after that's year. That's true. That's true. Because this is a basic and also AD and D. So like first and second edition essentially. Uh, so yeah, but just a, a good thing. Uh, you know, D and D has come back up because right now the sales is twelve to fifteen fucking million <laughs> players. No, it's not. It's not here. Just me oh. googling uh, <laughs> separately. They have they have like twelve to fifteen million players worldwide right now. So uh, started from the bottom, and now we're here. <laughs> yeah, and we're part of them, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, other than that, we got a free to download TTRPG Escape from New York. Uh, you can give it a look, but. Apparently, it's to uh, it's a it's a everyday he everyday heroes system that takes the learnings of D twenty modern and merges it to five E. So it is a mixture between five E and everyday heroes. I think its setting is a bit more modern. So that's uh, something that you might be uh, sorry, not modern. What do you call realistic? There's no what do you call magic or fantasy like that. Uh, other than that, uh, Fallout has is releasing new kind of like books basically uh, for their Fallout TTRPG. They have kind of like an expansion called Into the Vault, and then some more items which are oh uh, which are a bunch of 3D printed shit, uh, which is a miniature pack, some robot pack, and also some bubble heads. But yeah. Those are, if you do play Fallout TTRPG, that's something for you guys to look into. Uh, I 
think BBC is doing this, but yeah, BBC they they are releasing a game called uh, Doctors and Daleks, which is basically a five E conversion <laughs> to Doctor the Doctor Who universe. Oh yeah, my God, really? Yeah. Wait for five E. Four five E. It is based on the five E mechanic, but Whoa. they are changing the setting for Doctor Who. So oh. you is playing a different Doctor Who. Oh, that that is it. That is uh, Wait, that is something as well. You play as a Time Lord. Oh my! You play yeah. as a Doctor, yeah, or you play as a different version of Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be really cool. Build your own time. Oh my God! Yes. Oh well, oh. there you go. Build your own. You can become a companion or build your own Time Lord. So have yeah. a have a Tardis that's not a police box, but instead like what a Bajai <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, if you scroll down, you can see their whole character sheet there and everything. And ba- it is basically the D five. Mm-hmm. They have added and modified it a little Ooh, bit. They added like a science setting. and engineering. Yeah they, they, yeah, they added some skills there. I don't think there's arcana in there because okay, you know, yeah. magic. But yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, ba- Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance Two is being re being remastered. So Ooh. if you guys, I, I remember this is this is uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, not. Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance did not do so well in the market, but Baldur's Gate uh, apparently is a pretty good game back then, and they are re-releasing it for PC and consoles on the July twentieth. So if you're interested, oh, that's uh, very close. That's like next week. Yeah, it's almost okay. as if this is a news show or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like usually, you know, they release new game. They tell that. A new game's gonna come at, at like you know years that's before true. they actually come out. But, but I feel like that that's <laughs> been that's been like a tactic of new companies. They're just like, oh, by the way, we're releasing we're releasing Fallout Four in next month. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, Apex did it wonderfully. Yeah, a lot like, of games have to do that. Yeah, just no build up. trailer, no no. <laughs> yeah, no build up no. and everything. Yeah. yeah, I remember a game got cancelled because Apex was released. Oh really? Yep. Oh oh sh- What game was it again? I feel like I know uh, this. It was Planet Side Arena. I mean, the, the oh. developers was creating a, a battle royale game, very much like Apex. Uh huh. But when Apex was released, uh, before ahead of uh, a Planet Side Arena, and then uh-huh. because of, of all of the players are. Uh, focusing on Apex, so the developers decided, yeah, we cannot compete with that. So let's crap, crap it. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, that's sad though. Yeah, that is. Crap the whole thing. It's a, it's a shit show. Yeah. I guess that's one way to jump on. You know, people. People are like, oh, Summer Sale. We're gonna do so good. Suddenly. Yeah. Bam, Cyberpunk. Bam, Mass Effect. Because we are seen before Apex is only what uh, PUBG and all those. Uh, That's true. Fortnite, not, not a <laughs> yeah, quality Fortnite. game, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So when Apex was released, they basically changed the VR scene for for developers. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you're interested in Dark Alliance, go ahead and uh, put that on your calendar. And finally, uh, the D&D movie, Honor Amongst Thieves. They're announcing some, you know, some game accessory lines for you guys. Uh, if you guys are interested to buy it. 
So uh, the items will hit the store on Q1 2023, but the movie itself will uh, aiming to hit the theaters on March 3rd 2023. So yeah, if you are interested in their stuff, which is like a dice tower, some folding dice tray, a book folio, character folio, and so on. Apparently, they include the character sheets of the character in the movie into Ooh. the character folio. Ooh, that's, that's a nice touch. That's yeah. movie, do they have to roll for everything? Uh, I'll be it'll be amazing, but I don't think so. I think it'll just be a fantasy movie, like you know, typical fantasy movie. Although, like 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 we said last week, the best way if you want to do a Dungeons and Dragons movie, you gotta do real life and game life, like in uh, two parallel stories going on at the same time. Maybe that's what add the RP. Oh, yeah, or like the players are playing the game, but you know, we see the action. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and you know maybe yeah. like play the drama happens in real life where player fights with each other and leaves the campaign and how that impacts the game world itself and everything you know, so that that would be a cool thing basically. But yeah, and also the crazy shit that players do just you know, murder hoboing fireball everyone they see which doesn't make sense in a serious movie but when you put it in context of real life and game life kind of makes sense. <laughs> Ima- wait, <laughs> wait. Imagine the peasant canon in the movie. Oh god! <laughs> How do you explain god. that? <laughs> so the GS like, I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, I'm gonna pass the item to the next guy and pass it and pass it and pass it and then, you know, shoot it to, you know, light speed. Uh... <laughs> that would be a cool scene, though. But yeah, I, I'm not sure. That, that feels a little bit too out there for... Uh, Hollywood, so I yeah. doubt it. But if they yeah. could, they'll be. Oh, awesome. I mean, there's a lot of like D and D sketches in YouTube that is just it, you know, like one for yeah. all, or yeah, like I mean, one for all is just one that yeah. I remember. But yeah, I, th- I think one for all is the best one. But there's a little bit. This one for general video game is uh, epic NPC man. Yeah, that's good as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I I truly believe. That an actual D and D like camp, uh, movie needs to come from an actual campaign that happened. <laughs> that would be interesting. It has I mean, to be. If that, anyone has to Critical do it, role. Yeah, I was just gonna say it would have yeah, to they, be. They released an anime of their campaign, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and from the clips that I saw on YouTube, it looks so good. Yeah, but like, it is. It is only on Amazon. Amazon. What's on Amazon? Critical Role anime. Oh, the Critical Role box market. Yeah. Vox, yeah. Legends of Vox Machina, yeah. Uh, we're, we're in the future, we're gonna see Legends of Mighty Nine. Maybe yeah, Legends of Ass, you know, in the future, you know. Oh, yeah. Although, I'm not sure if we're gonna go with Ass, though. Did you know, like, uh, Vox Machina was used to be used to be called Shits? Shits? Yeah, I, like, I, I, um, I... Vox Machina original party name. It was shit. it was originally a Pathfinder 2E game, right? A uh, Pathfinder 1E. Pathfinder 2E uh, was not out yet. Right, right. It was Pathfinder, and then they brought it uh, to 5E because it was more mainstream. Yeah, to Geek and Sundry, I think. Uh, yeah. Ah, oh, shit! I can't find I can't find a meaning, but Vox okay. Machina but... shit acronym. But yeah, that's everything from my end. Perhaps that's something um, our audience can find on their own and see if we're wrong or we're right. <laughs> oh, no, I know I'm right. I just am not sure what the definition of the shit means. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, sure. 
Okay. Uh, Alright, so that is all for the um, news for today. So uh, let's, as usual, bring it down notch before we go to like the better parts of the show. Uh, with a horse story. Whoa. Obviously, I've read through these. But, uh, yeah. So today's, this week's horror story is from Crit Crab. R slash Crit Crab. Uh, by the D by user D and D guy ninety eight, um, titled "Am I the asshole for defending my girlfriend?" Okay, all right, get get ready. It's a short one, but uh, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, well, not really, actually. This is where we get to like talk about if the OP is the asshole or not. Anyway, so this one requires context. I have, for a few years now, run a Discord server with my friends. We used it for most things from the anime to D&D campaigns. Naturally, when I started dating my girlfriend, I invited her to join. Some pertinent info about my girlfriend, she has a vision disability that makes her unable to drive at all, and as such, she has very little in the way of a social life. She also has depression and anxiety. On top of this, she has a certain coping mechanism called age regression. So, if you guys don't know what age regression is, it's basically where uh, uh, in, in times of like extreme stress, you, um, as OP mentioned, if she's under a lot of stress, she may or may not choose to regress into a mindset where she behaves younger than she is. So, usually this can be like um, whining or thumb sucking, something that children would do but not an adult would do, you know, at age regression. So this has been an iffy point in the group for her participating in campaigns. Some DMs are afraid of her little space coming out mid-session. Um, so this all came to a head when we had a session where she was upset upon realizing the DM left her after the campaign. She happened to regress and started spamming the Discord server and that instead of choosing to try to talking to her, the DM chose to time, out, to time her out. So I muted to talk to her and found out she felt left out of the group and kinda wanted to participate. When I tried to mention it, the DM said we could discuss after the session. Now I'll admit I handled this part poorly, I was presented with two options. Excuse myself from the rest of the session and discuss the situation kinda making... Wait, excuse myself from the rest of the session and discuss the situation um, kinda making them upset or rejoin the session, which my girlfriend, pre pretty regressed from her coping mechanism, wouldn't be happy about if she couldn't also participate somehow. I, in the heat of the moment, chose to revoke all admin privileges aside from my own as a server owner and called the total unconditional ceasefire of all hostility both ways. I could have handled this better. So, yeah. um, I'm not sure what this actually means. He, the girl is no longer timed out, and the GM cannot time people out and you know mute people and all that. Oh wow! It basically revoke all server roles back to just server uh, the person yeah, who created the just server. Owner, yeah. The nuclear option. Yeah. Oh okay. I mean, I mean, I think, I think, in my opinion, it's short of nuclear option because nuclear option would be kicking everybody out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> 
So okay, go right now. Finish it up. Uh, the DM did allow my girlfriend to spectacular to spectacle. I assume the rest of the session provided she didn't disturb it. But I found out today that some people in the group were still upset that she disturbed the session in the first place. They were upset that I revoked the admin privileges and upset that the session was interrupted until she was included. Or that's how I've understood it so far. So I'm not saying I'm free from fault. Far from it. I could have handled it a lot better. I feel like everyone was in the wrong at some point but I really hope there's a way to recover from this. So am I the asshole or rather the only asshole? Yeah, the only A, I, which I assume is that. The only A, so yeah. What do you guys oh. think? Oh boy. It, I guess it comes to a point, it, it goes to like whether or not the player understands the girlfriend's uh, situation. Because mm. like, it's cause, cause, you know, if... Uh, it, let's, let's say if we play a game and then one player just falls asleep people might call it rude and everything but if we know that the, the player had you know the uh this the condition where they accidentally fall asleep or they're in a different time zone people will be more understanding hmm. yeah assuming I, I thought... that assuming that these guys uh what do you call these guys know her condition I think they should they should have been a bit more lax since you know they agreed to this and everything agreed to to have her in the campaign. What were you were saying? I, I feel like the other party members, uh, yeah, including DM, should have been more considerate at the very least. Like, I I feel from the, what they've described here, um, they were informed, but they could have definitely also handled it better. Like. I understand stopping a session really bums everyone out, but then like, come on, we're still people in the end of the day, and this is just a game. Yeah. Uh. Well, in my opinion, I think there are some pretty. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of crucial information being left out here because <laughs> um, normally, I mean, I mean, I, I would assume that nobody wants to be an asshole. And normally, when DM uh, crafted their se- session, they would, you know, include everyone in. So, if this particular DM decided to exclude this one player that he knows is going to come to the session. There must be something preceding to that situation happening. Mm. I, I mm. don't think just because of this girl's coping mechanism is regressing each regression is the only uh what do you call it catalyst. There there might be some other reasons. Maybe they had a falling out before this or something lah. So uh just reading from that, I'm I'm not sure who's the asshole, but I can I think in my opinion Everybody's is the asshole here, including <laughs> including the girlfriend. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I, honestly, like you know, like you you shouldn't use your condition to yeah just as a reason to be an as an excuse to be an yeah. asshole. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that is true as well. If, and, and also, if, in my opinion, the boyfriend, if uh if if he cares about the girlfriend and you know, I mean, uh, he feels like the rest of his friends are being uh the asshole at that time, he should have just left, spent time with his girlfriend. And then, you know, uh, have a chat after the session because, you know, you don't want to interrupt everybody's fun, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that I think, would have been, like, the best, you know, the best thing he could do, I guess, at that at that situation. 
but you know, heat of the moment and everything, it's uh, understandable. Um, well, I don't know. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't react that way. Like, yeah, I, because, like, deleting everyone's role and everything, that, that's not something that I would do because that's yeah. I think it, that, pretty that's close to the power hungry maniac. No, I, th- I think that's more of a, like, you know, uh, some people react when they're in a panic different ways, and that's kind mm, of mm, like mm. how you know it, how they handle unexpected stuff and obviously mm. OP is not the best at it um, yeah also we need we, we have to consider their age uh, range as well if they are kids or you know maybe early teens yeah, maybe I, we yeah. might understand why they acted that way but adults usually are more understanding yeah well, uh, yeah I, I did not mention uh, ages here which I guess is not uh, mm. really uh like an info that OP considers valid but I do think like yeah I I, I think I agree with War like it could be handled better um, and reading through the comments here uh, somebody was asking like did you not talk with the group about how to handle it and um, OP said uh, they did have a session zero however she and he sorry I assume it's a he but OP and girlfriend skipped it because they wanted to go out and eat together or something which oh, is, uh, yeah uh, wait so the, the the party the group was not informed about this well okay. I'm not sure if the group was informed I do know uh, it seems like the DM knows about it uh, so here uh, this user was asking if you're playing in that group didn't you know that she wasn't included from the moment of conception you had no opportunity to talk about it with her uh, then OP said admittedly another fault on my part session zero was on the day I went out to eat with her for her birthday so I mentioned it to her that day but we were both pretty worn out from that day but I figured she knew because of that so I think um, overall it's just a situation that wasn't handled well yeah, like, yeah. this could have been uh, handled better from session zero by uh, like uh, if Let's say you already know your triggers. You already know uh, your coping mechanism that you need to tell uh, the DM at least this is what you need to do. Then what could happen was like since uh, o- uh, OP's girlfriend uh, goes to spam the Discord server, maybe she needs see she has a certain need to like cry out for attention as a child would do. Then maybe uh, prepare a special channel just for her to go then Opie's girlfriend need to make sure that she goes there if she needs to you know vent or do whatever she needs to do in in a way that won't intrude other people or like give a tell do one of those x cards in the in the channel if she feel like hey i I want to be included even then like um things like this should be talked about before if if let's say GF the GF knows how to handle herself but if she does not then that's that can't be helped like you can't help someone who doesn't know how to help themselves basically I mean given like, given that statement that you provided there it seems like OP just assumed that she's gonna be included in the campaign even though he never told anyone about it which yeah, is so... yeah that's also one thing I want to bring. Yeah, that, that's what that's what that's what I'm understanding from it. They they didn't join from to session one, and apparently the GM didn't even know that she's joining, and the girlfriend thinks that she's joining because you know that's what her boyfriend told her. 
OP. <laughs> no, you're doing that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing that info. Then yeah, OP. Yeah, right. Yeah, OP. You got. You gotta talk better, man. Especially that uh, since I'm assuming that the the people that is in the Discord server is not actually his friends, maybe yeah, like like, like yeah. you know like like like, like you know when war first come or something yeah. yeah when when war first come came into the Discord he was basically a stranger now he's our friend yeah mm-hmm. yeah hey guys <laughs> uh, Op Op conti- also has continuously tried to defend. Um, his action and his girlfriend, but as you can see from this, um, um, oh, downvote. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of his gets like negative five. I think people just don't like how he is uh, defending the situation. Yeah, how he's defending his girlfriend. Like, um, I think from how his girlfriend reacted as well, it's a bit hard for like normal people to understand because that seems very one is very intrusive. Right, and it's very much call for a, a cry for attention. That's very like not something that you want to give, you know, and some, yeah. something you can sympathize without really knowing this person, which is hard to do in the first place. And I think Op just kind of expected people to be as um, accommodating as he is, which is a bit hard, I guess. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Hey, yeah. Sorry, Fire. You wanted to do some, say something. Uh, I mean, just just to expand on that a little bit, lah. I mean, I mean, it's it's nice the OP is thinking about his girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. But he also has to think about other people as well. So when the girlfriend is clearly clearly in the wrong because they didn't come to session zero, so basically they have they haven't even talked this up to the group yet, right? Yeah, but the sounds of it, the group didn't even know that sh- she was supposed to yeah. join. So, so, so it it's like you have to understand the other other side uh, as well because when the uh, um maybe this is session one, so even in session one, the DM has to. It, it's basically the, in my opinion, session one is the important session because it it sets the whole how the campaign is gonna go, right? That is true. Right. So if if you haven't talked it out with your DM first, maybe. Okay, let's just sit this one out. Uh, listen to what they're they're going to say, and then join in in session two. Maybe you know, mm-hmm. uh, do like like we did with Givana, right? She she yeah. didn't have she she was not there in session one, but she was in later sessions. Yeah, Givana yeah. was our cleric friend in the Ark of the Twelve campaign. She joined from like episode three and then left somewhere. Uh, multiple episodes later. But yeah, yeah, it's all about communication and understanding, which is hard to do, uh, but important if like you know how to manage your community. Um, Yeah, so that's it for today's horror story. So um, yeah, we went a bit over time here, so I'm just going to send it to war. But today's homebrew. Alrighty, Uh, finally, the long-awaited continuation of... (laughs) <laughs> the uh, homebrew sorcerer subclasses from uh, oh god I forgot his name Risky uh, from Risky Reads Reds uh, Reads Reds it's a this double D no Reads yeah, Red yeah Reds uh, Americans uh, sorry uh, American English anyway uh, here we have the forest soul uh, basically Fay take an inspiration. For sub uh, for subclass for sorcerers, basically the forest soul is the opposite of um, two 
episodes ago uh, subclass, the Corrupted Bloodline, in here which your powers come from an ethereal uh, plane, mostly based on like what it's uh, referencing, the Fey world, uh, realm, but could be some other mystical plane in your setting so far. So yeah, uh, take it as you will. You similar to the last subclass we talked about. This uh, choosing the subclass gives you access to uh, a list of spells not normally for sorcerers. Sim like again, if, uh, same as how warlocks get uh, featured spells for taking subclasses, but for sorcerers is the forest magic uh, list. They'll be able to gain access to these spells in sorcerer levels per segra, but. The thing I want to talk about is uh, the Forest Soul's abilities uh, given at first level. Uh, well, basically the subclass's abilities, not first level, sorry. So basically, uh, when the Sorcerer takes the Forest Soul subclass, they gain access to Pixie Lancet and Lancet and uh, Spirit Nature. So I think this was released prior to Fairies. Uh, being released by Wizards of the Coast in The Witch Beyond the Twilight, I believe is the, in the source book. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this source, uh, this subclass allows... Sorry? No, nothing. Go ahead. Yeah, the, this subclass uh, gives whatever race or whatever character option you've picked a more fey uh, uh, connection in terms of sorcerer's blood, uh, in the sorcerer's bloodline. So, as a first level ability, the Pix uh, Pixie Lancet, you gain, for all intents and purposes, a magical, uh, not a magical, a sort of, yeah, a ranged weapon that has no long range and has a standard range of 100 feet. So, uh, and uh, this weapon is proficient, you're proficient, so you add your proficient bonus to it. Uh, you use a charisma, uh, charisma modifier to make spell attacks with, uh, attacks, I believe? Is this spell attack? Cycles. No, it's not spell. Oh, it's, it's just it's, it's a weapon. So I assume, uh, think Hexblade Warlocks get to pick a blade, and then they call it their uh, blade or somewhat. Uh, yeah, they get this magical weapon. It's not counted as a magical weapon, but uh, when attacks are made by this weapon, uh, the receiver needs to make an opposed strength or dexterity. Uh, no. What? What? No, you use sorry, charisma instead this. of strength or dexterity. That's all. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. And the weapon deals one d eight psychic damage regardless. I'm sorry. Which I is am... powerful. That's I'm... crazy. Yeah, psychic damage. I believe there's not a lot of monsters that are resistant or immune to it. I believe is that correct? Yeah. 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 So yeah, very very buff for a first level ability. And an additional uh, benefit to it at 14th level, when you take the attack action with the Lancet, you make an additional attack. So basically, like uh, two attacks for a fighter, I believe, right? As a fighter. Yeah. Or like, yeah. The... Another ability you get is Spirit Nature, which basically uh, is replaces how your character option uh, uh, character player option sleeps or regains uh health or like energy from a long rest instead of sleeping they now take in some sort of natural esque essence around the uh in their from throughout their environment and basically uh 
states that uh, as a player option, as the spirit nature option, you must take one element. I think it's here. It's like fire energy as an example. Uh, 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 the player must stand for five hours, I believe. No, okay. They must stand at least spend one hour within five feet of natural source of energy, and uh, for uh, the complements of the magical being, and that counts as a longer rest, I believe. Uh, if you have racial traits that say otherwise, I think it overrides it. Such as desolate nature, construct resilience, or spirited nature. Use the requirements of the trait to sustain yourself instead. So, any warforges or elves override this, I believe, if I'm reading is correct? No, 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 no. So, essentially, you still require 8 hours for a long rest. But you do not need to eat food or drink. All you need to do is spend one hour next to a natural energy oh, source, wait. and that counts as eating for your long rest. Again, <laughs> forgive that, me for. Uh, no, no, don't worry. That's about it. Basically, it is. It is yeah. a little bit long with the the way they were the. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry about but, that. I'm very burned out. Natural sauce. You you basically cannot have a long rest. Yeah. So you have to have like natural yeah. energy. Yeah, you're gonna be. So so oh, it could yeah. be I a must, boon, or it could be a pain. Mm. So yeah. for example, if you are stuck in a prison, basically there's nothing you can do. You cannot have a long rest. Oh shit! Yes, prison oh, is worse. You die. Unless like it is. Unless the natural force you take is like dirty water or something. It says decay, fire, water, or plant life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it says here, yeah. If it's like uh, very clean prison that is underground, yep. GG. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to be within a natural source of energy that complements your magical being. Alright. So for example, so, if you're a fire being, you need to have to be with a fire. A non magical yeah. fire is a natural yeah. source. So you can't even make the fire. You need to yeah. you have to yeah. Do it I naturally. use the fire to oh make the fire. <laughs> make sure you don't get caught and be stuck Ooh. in a prison with this, this thing. Man. Okay. God that is torture. Wait. Uh next. Uh, 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 uh police officer, please don't get don't put me in prison or else I'll die. <laughs> Like literally, I that that's like the lowest amount of effort to torture someone at that point. Then God, okay. Next up at sixth level, uh, you gain a bonus to your lancet. Lancet. I, lancet. I believe it's called fi power. I don't know why it's called fi. No, it's fi. This is the it's fey. Fey. different way to spell the it. Way to spell the, it. To the Gallic Gallic spelling. Mm-hmm. Gallic. Yes. Gallic. Okay, the Gallic spelling. The fey power. At sixth level, you gain an additional power to choose. So you basically augment your lancet in with uh, the options available down below. So there are four options, and uh, it's got a lot of like neat. Uh, they're all ver- varied on the option abilities. I believe you can only choose it at sixth level. There's no additional one you can choose. Yeah. Uh, there are four options to it, and it, the supplement, the uh, so homebrew recommends that you pick one that matches your character's magical essence. I believe spiritual nature. So, like, if you're a fire being, you use the f- pixie fireball as if you're a fey power. So the four options are hag shock, pixie fireball, and I believe 
the Darkling Nova and Spirit Thor uh, Thorns. Let's. I'll just read one for example. You can read the rest at the the GM Binders page here. Uh, so we'll just read one uh, for today uh, for now. Hag Shock, which I believe uh, the uh, word shock implies it's electricity based. When you hit a creature with your lancet, it must make a Wisdom saving throw or be incapacitated until the start of your next turn. Uh, so is that so? With every attack you make with your lancet, which I believe you're going to use since you chose the subclass, it's basically is this almost like a smite, but better? Uh, it's a once per turn ability. Your fate power can only uh, be used once per turn, regardless of the number of attacks. So technically, these the they just they can only do one DC, one check per round, basically. But that's still every turn you have the ability to make a creature incapacitated. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but the thing is, when you hit a creature, so basically at level 14, you have two chances to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I just take this comparison to how Monk does it. Monk has Stunning Strike. You have to hit. It consumes a resource as well. And, and it's, it's only a stun, not an incapacitate. So, yeah. like, yeah. And also, yeah. yeah. And this one doesn't. Yeah. Assume anything. I mean, does it yeah. consume any resources? Either? Yeah, it's just once per turn, like a. Is it any of these? Like, yeah. I don't even know what I know what fixing fireball <laughs> is. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, and yeah. also, like the other thing about the stunning strike for monks, they have to be up close to do it. Here, it's, it's a range, a range weapon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so you, you can that. Yeah, you can multi-class rogue and like add advanced like sneak attack at the shit and that like holy hell. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, not even most like cantrip spells extend to that long, except for like fireball, firebolt, fireball, all the fire stuff. So uh -huh. you will always get a hundred feet of range. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah. Thanks. All right, yeah. next. So what, it's a range weapon. You can use sharpshooting with it. I know. Uh, oh, range. that's true. It's, it's a range. It's, it's range a range weapon. Attack. It's a range weapon oh, attack. But it has yeah. no long range. No, it, yeah. it's, no it's range doesn't have the disadvantage range. Yeah. So oh. it's a range it just, weapon attack. Just, Basically, you just... can use sharpshooting with it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but but then like after past one hundred feet. You cannot shoot it apparently. Yeah, you can. Okay. Right. You yeah. still get that yeah. last end. Though. Everything yeah. between a hundred feet. <laughs> <You're fine>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. I'm just imagining a sniper, Leon, having that. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Um, at sixth level, they also get other than Fey, uh, Fey power is forest friends. So again, based on this uh, Fey sort of theme we're going with, uh, ancient forest uh, magic and whatnot. Uh, they'll be able to basically is it this isn't this a druid feature oh wait okay they spend like three sorcery points to cast conjure with conjure animal spells without any spell slots or material opponents what's the CR wait pick a CR range of a creature you conjure you get to choose what it's summon wait there's no limit no okay so basically all the conjure spell you technically uh, can only choose the CR of the monster. What appears in the scene is up to the GM based on your surroundings. In this case, essentially, you get to pick what monster is summoned instead. 
Oh. But for three sorcery points though, that is really cheap for quadrant animals, right? Uh, but this is sixth level. No, it's a third level. Third level. So I think yeah, it is. It is pretty cheap in that case. I think. Cause like to get a third level spell slot, you need to spend like five sorcery points or something. Yep. So I feel like it should be better. Yeah. How many sorcery points do you get at sixth level? I forgot. Is it six? Yeah. Yeah. It scales according to your level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, at 14th level, you basically get wings. And they the word they use to describe it is gos gossamer wings? Gossamer, yeah. It's gossamer wings? The insect wings, basically. Yeah. yeah, those translucent hex type uh, yeah. shine under reflective whatnot and the yeah. sun. Uh, the appearance of you, decide, and the feet, uh, you gain this feature. The Basically, you get a flying speed of 30. Uh, you can hover and yeah, basically you get wings and all it costs of you is a first level spell when you complete a long rest, choose one wait, what? can you give this? I'm sorry I, I'm, I'm, again, okay, I so first you get a 30 feet flying speed mm -hmm. and then when you complete a long rest, choose one first level spell that you know that targets one creature and that takes one action to cast, you can create a potion uh, a tincture with your powder scale as an action you can use action to drink the tincture so yeah basically you get flying and also you get spell storing at 14th level that's... yeah flying okay. is okay that's that's like at, at the around 10th level is where i assume you guys should get per permanent flying something like that mm. or semi-permanent flying and then yeah and then you get spell storing as well I think this one's fair. Like yeah, not, not too fair because wizards got spell storing earlier yeah. on, right? Yeah. Fifteenth so level is when we're fair. when um, they're more. Artificer yeah. get it at eleventh level with your spell yeah. storing. Yeah. So this this one's actually not that bad no. compared to the previous ones. But but yeah. the thing is, I I think the the first level spell. Must it's it's be first level that, spell that is uh, buffing or. Something that you can drink. I I don't know if you can drink a uh, chromatic orb, but I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, that's true. You could actually make chromatic orb into this, and then you force someone to drink it, and then they take the damage. I think. I think. Yeah. That, that's how it works. So you spike spike a drink with chromatic orb tincture. Someone drinks your uh, your drink, and it just bursts into flame for some reason. <laughs> Uh, and finally, at 18th level, which, again, as a not DM and just a player, I don't know if this is uh, balanced or weird or not. Uh, Spirit's blessing is uh, is written. You undergo a wild evolution, changing your physical blood bo body completely. So I don't know if this is permanent or not, but I think it might be permanent. completely to match the magical pro properties of your spirit nature. Yeah. You choose between an elemental or fey, and gain some of the traits associated with the chosen type. So they gain extra resistances and benefits for whichever one they choose. Mm -hmm. 18th level, I feel like, is well deserved maybe? I don't know. Yeah. So for elemental, you gain resistances for the type of element you chose. Is resistance right, not immunity, right? Yeah. yeah. Acid, cold, fire, lightning, the, the dragon colors, and... 
you you're able to choo- uh, deal an additional one d eight of the chosen damage type you've chosen of the element, which is as a cherry on the top, I guess. Yeah. Nothing too big when you're eighteen. Yeah, it's a bit meh. Eh, and the fine and the fey option for spirit. You cannot be charmed, frightened, or gain and gain res. Oh, wait, you cannot be charmed or frightened. Elves gain resistance to charmed or frightened, right? Am I correct? So uh, you gain that? advantage on saving. Oh, so, yeah. Elves so, cannot be magically put to sleep, and right. but advantage wait. on charm and frightened. Right. So this basically is immunity because it says you cannot. Yeah, right? immunity. Yes. Immunity. Okay, eighteenth level, which is pretty uh, reasonable. Your resistance to psychic damage, which is okay. Additionally, if a creature attempts to charm or frighten you, you can use your reaction to force the creature to force the creature that made the make a wisdom saving throw against your. If the creature fails its save, then it they are either charm. Whoa! You can reflect the psychic attack back. Damn. Uh, yeah. Essentially. Yeah, huh. This is yeah. okay. I mean, I, but I feel like uh, Archfey Warlock gets this like wave. Higher level. This I mean, you guys remember this is one of their 18th level uh, ability. Lower. They get another 18th level ability, so. And this is for the whole <laughs> Oh no! No wonder it, it sounds so so weak for 18th level. But they have a second uh, 18th level. They have two <laughs> abilities on 18th level. Oh, wait, they have two capstones. Yep. Uh, and the final ability at eight, uh, for the forest soul is unleash spirit. Uh, so it's another buff to your pixie landslet <laughs> and basically is like the final form the, the uh, super saiyan form for your landslet you can tap into the spiritual soul uh all the word fluff you can ever want for a dm there right there um and basically uh you just get another ability when you cast uh, when you fire with your landslet as an action you can unleash your spirit energy so this is separate than an attack action, I believe. Yeah. If it says as an action. When you do so, an explosion of magic fills a 30-foot radius sphere centered on yourself. So watch out, all the party members next to this sorcerer. Each creature within the sphere must make a constitution saving throw. Take 2d12 damage of the type you chose. The names are very creative, to say the very least, for the type of ability you get to choose. Uh, Afrosphere... Hag Granny's Hysteria, Pixie King's Rage, Darkling Eldar's Dream of Dark. Okay, some of them are cool. Uh, let's just go by one of them because this is already taking quite a bit too long for uh, the homebrew section. So let's just go with the top one Hag Granny's Hysteria. Uh, is an ability for 18 level. The burst of energy erupts into a crackling cacophony. Uh, c- oh god. Cacophony. Which fills a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a target point with diabolical laughter. Each creature in the area hears laughter and must succeed a wisdom saving throw or take 2d6 psychic damage. Be frightened. This is kind of... Eh? For 18th level? No, no, no. You can do it turn after turn after Every turn. Every each round, you gotta remember. Wait, right. There's no cost, is it? Oh, God. No, no cost. cost. Oh, it costs an action. No, okay. No, no, First, no, no. You, basic, basically, you, it's your you, Lancet going Super Saiyan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, you use your action to, you know, uh, activate the explosion. And afterwards, uh, if you can use your bonus action to attack with your Lancet 
and causing these effects. Oh wait, I didn't read that part. Sorry. Yeah. Like action, action, attack, action, to fire a burst of energy. Yeah. So in addition to the one previously, where when you attack, you can force them to be incapacitated. You can also use your bonus action to cause this explosion of laughter and cause people to take psychic damage every turn. <laughs> so this is actually a pretty cool uh, capstone ability. It makes you feel like a bit of a super saiyan, a little bit, you know. I mean, I I think I can, I understand some of the thematic purposes for this. Uh, because yeah, fray creatures are always tricky little fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Check out uh, the other abilities on uh, God real reads. Yeah, said it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, risky reads uh, GM binder page. Yeah. And that's it for today's homebrew session. I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a klutz today. <laughs> no worries. So, like, for in general, the low levels ability might be a bit too OP, but the higher levels are actually not bad, right? Yeah. I mean, even the hack granny sister, even though you can do it every turn, but it's still a frightened, frightened condition, which a lot of the monsters can uh, are immune, immune to. to. Yeah. Yeah. And the psychic damage kind of compensates with that. So, you know, actually not bad. Like, you get additional 2d6 damage area per turn for one minute. Not that long. Yep. But so, you know, each but... creature in that area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but this thing does not have a cost, though. So, basically, you can do it. It's do it every turn. Uh, no, no. I mean, every combat. Because you don't have to spend resources to activate mm -hmm. it. It's once per long rest. Really? Once yes. you use this feature, you cannot do so again until you complete a long rest. Ah, okay. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. ah it's there in Vandal. Oh, it's... Ah, okay. It, this Very also good. contingents on the fact that if you actually reach 18th level, because remember, you need to... Uh, uh, at, at, at what level is this? Spirit nature? You need to at, be with oh, the yeah. natural source. I mean, in general, you'll be fine unless you somehow get trapped in a sanitary dungeon somehow. Uh -huh. Only then you'll be you'll be like, oh shit, there's not even decay for me to live on. No. <laughs> Basically, if you want to pick this subclass, you better pick your your uh, element to be a light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because okay, let's face it. If you're in total darkness, that's uh, uh maybe uh it's hard to find a light. So right. But yeah. if you pick plant life, that would be harder to <laughs> to dungeons on the ground or something. Yeah. Like if you're going on the ground or something, you have to bring a potted plant with you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So 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 you better pick something that is you know that is easier to get. Yeah, I like I mean, the thematic of it. The, yeah. the, the the idea. Yeah. So yeah, risky reads. Uh, two for two for subclasses. Is that all uh, all agreed? Yeah. It's pretty good. Risky yeah, bets. too bad. Yeah, too bad. Uh, Leon's not here to. Uh... Wait, not. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so well now now we finally get to hear Pirates section of this show. Uh, let's go to Glory Story. You ready? <laughs> oh no. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Hmm. The glory stories for today's uh, session, right? Yep. Uh, hmm. It's a, it is titled How We Skip an I Entire Story Arc with Only 10 Pounds of Soap. 
I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. Even, even the title is, is, is already interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's get into it. So, let's uh, start off. My sincerest condolences to my GM. In the fifth edition campaign, we have we have four people: Cobalt Rogue, Goliath Fighter, Human Cleric, Turtle Artificer, who have been following the trail of a massive black market necromancy trade, with the implication that an army was going to appear within three weeks if we didn't stop it. We taken out the major provider of bodies, clerics that a noble in a neighboring city. And now we're following the trail uh, to the center of the continent to a city known as Tantamount. On a humorous yet relevant side note, I'm the most recent addition to the group, and I learned that they were accompanied on and off by a fallen god. Because of the nature of this uh, of his falling, this god of chaos has taken the form of a raccoon. And because we don't know his real name, the fighter has dubbed him Tony. My artificer is wary of him. But does her best to behave and be at least a little respectful. In turn, he occasionally gives the team tokens of wild magic in the form of chicken chicken nuggets. What? I mean, okay. Why not? What? We have magic cookies. They have chicken magic chicken. Oh nuggets. my god! I want chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh my god! So, so if we eat them, we roll on a D. I don't know D one ten thousand. One D ten thousand. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what DM has a list of 10,000 different things. <laughs> oh, That's a huge list. If you can find online, it's crazy, man. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a huge list. 10,000 yeah. magical uh, effects. 10,000 tables to see what happens. As you can guess, the game is more of a light-hearted one. Though we take our duty soon. So, this God of Chaos, I think I think he only there because... Uh, It uh, only pretends of the uh, the chicken nuggets that uh, where they get the chicken nuggets from, lah. Yeah, yeah. We arrive in Tentamon. We eat. We gamble in a bit in a, uh, in a local casino and try to get to know the area. After a couple of days of searching, it turned out that there are several warehouses full of dead bodies ready to be resurrected into an army that are well guarded. Martivisa notices that these warehouses have several open windows at the top. Probably to help me to get the smell, and the guards don't look up often. Because of this, we start uh, we start planning how to get uh my humongous to carry a bomb through said window unnoticed and eliminate the resource. The team even offers to create a distraction for the guards. And to stage left, Tony fighter offered him a snack, and as thanks, he offers us a couple of wild magic cookies. Uh, my wild <laughs> magic chicken nuggets. Sorry. <laughs> The fighter eats his and rolls, but we don't learn what happened till he opens a door to a shop and instead finding a dungeon waiting us, waiting us on the other side. Oh God! There's a strong smell of gas and some kind of uh, some kind come uh, gas of some kind coming through, but nothing inherently dangerous yet. Just yet, as we prop open the door and head in, the GM stated if the door is closed, the portal would as well, and the door only lasted for 24 hours. So basically, they get a, uh, what? Doraemon to Sukhati. Open your own portable dungeon. Yup. I mean, that would be crazy, right? Yeah. Imagine you get that in arcs. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh. Hit, hit, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So let's continue on. Long story short, we find notes in the warden's office stating that he this is a condemned wing of a prison, and the gas is fumes from a full of chemicals that explode lab. We even investigate the area to find said pit, and I take uh, four poison damage upon failing a con save. We determine the bubbling concoction at the bottom of a six ton thirty foot hole is acidic, through the aid of an alchemy kit. And a magic dagger owned by our fighter, which can briefly make portals to any location he has seen. Large enough for his Goliath hand to fit through. Ah, ah that's, that's cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. So yeah, that's a cool item. A rogue's wet dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is like um, you know how the the I think this per the DM reads a lot of Doraemon <laughs> because the person is a ah, it's the pocket. Then this is the pocket. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god. Okay. Continue. Okay. All right. Continue. Uh, I don't know what OOC means, but out of character. Out of character. Okay, out of character. The group starts talking about how to neutralize this problem, and the GM seems somewhat insistent that we continue to search the prison. Since the gas only poisoned us because we got so close to the source, but otherwise wouldn't hurt us, the cleric and I were having none of that, as we didn't want to risk blowing ourselves up by mistake. Nor the gas getting dense, uh, nor the gas getting denser as we went. Basic chemistry says you neutralize an acid with a weakish alkaline substance. And more Googling says, lie is basic and soap is made of lie. <laughs> right? Yeah. So this is where the soap comes in, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the call for the game is over, over Discord. But I hear the GM's head in his hands. Waddle back outside to a general store to see how much soap he could she could buy for one go. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> this gives me the Kira flashback. <laughs> he, asks, he asks in exasperated uh, laughter if we're sure we don't want twice as much. I don't know why the DM is asking that. Since one gold gets five pounds. So I shrug and say, sure, why not? We're rich. No skin off my nose. <laughs> Even we just watch the casino get eaten by a herd of horses in our last What? <laughs> you see? That is another interesting story that we can tell. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's that's what's the setup well, for the chicken I nugget. I I love this campaign. I want to hear more stories. <laughs> so how could little more soapy goodness uh, be worse than that, right? <laughs> so fighter rope, cleric, come out of the dungeon and cleric volunteers to watch the door to make sure it doesn't close while I'm I'm on my errand. Everyone out of character is laughing at the ridiculousness of this endeavor as I politely ask fighter to open a portal to the chemical pit. <laughs> We're standing outside the general store. Upon checking in, in oh, no. I shout, close it, close it, close it. He does. There's an explosion <laughs> that causes the ground to rumble beneath our feet. So basically, the dungeon is basically underneath them, right? It's yeah. like a oh. dungeon that they don't know about. Yeah. We look over to see fire and smoke belch out of the store door. The cleric diving out of the way to avoid her head being burned off. In the distance, we also see several pillars of smoke throughout the city. Fighter calmly yeah. walks over and closes the door so that she doesn't <laughs> catch fire, thereby closing the portal. Okay. At this point, the GM steps away to take care of his dog and is gone for about 10 minutes. While the rest of us laugh about the ridiculousness of the game thus far, when he returns, the GM sighs, Do you guys have any idea what you just did? Turns out the concoction was a vital ingredient to a summoning ritual. 
and was highly volatile to the point that anything that wasn't the last ingredient would have caused it to explode. <laughs> so it's not the soap basically. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just anything. <laughs> anything inside yeah. it would explode. Yeah. So the prison was also where the leader of the whole necromancer syndicate was. Oh and shit! The PhD that he was, they were looking for. Yeah. Oh god. The Lord of Tentamon. Oh my god. He had a magic amulet on him that was blocking all divine contact within this as well. And our explosion destroyed the magic item. So the cleric could contact her patron again too. So, uh, who was worried when the place went off the radar. The gas was supposed to be a tool used against you in the boss fight, BTM explained. He's vulnerable to fire and the gas would keep you from using his weaknesses without killing yourself in the process and you blew him up <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure who was loving her at the moment I saw him in a way we don't need to worry about the side that side of the whole undead problem anymore plus I get to keep my homunculus <laughs> we get two character levels for throwing 10 pounds of <laughs> they leveled up twice oh god so I basically mean... because of clearing the dungeon And being the BBG. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus Again, God! It's an entire story arc. You just. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Okay, I need to find this D ten thousand table. This seems fun. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> in, in Give opinion, us wild magic chicken nuggets too. <laughs> <laughs> But in, in my opinion, I mean, the GM thought of it really nice. I mean, I mean, if they were in, uh, fighting the necromancers uh, and they cannot use fire magic because they will blow the whole area up, right? Yeah. So that is kind of, kind of what they call uh, an interesting combat, but. <laughs> But if the players are outside the explosion radius and only the BBEG is inside, then <laughs> just chuck everything inside, just <laughs> blow, it, blow that shit up, right? I mean, uh, just imagining the, the BBEG just like chatting, 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 suddenly see soap on the so, ground. Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Damn it! It's beautiful. We should make one where like just ah oh, campaign idea. Wild magic runs the place and like anything and everything could happen. Oh, <laughs> oh, a wild magic set. A wild magic setting would be awesome. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. random. Ooh. Out of nowhere. Totally bullshit. <laughs> But yeah. It's a fun story. I mean, yeah, it's, I would it's, like it's, to read more about the casino and the horses, but I know. <laughs> well, do it. This random magic item, random magic uh, effect list is just fun. Well, if you want to read more stories, look out on r slash d and d for nanny canes on. <laughs> pester, pester him or her to uh, put more. Yup, yup. I think this is an interesting story. Yeah. I wonder if we can do it in our campaign through a soap at a BBEG. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could certainly try. I'm not sure if the robot guys gonna be appreciative that you threw soap on his face. <laughs> I mean, I mean he hasn't had a shower. This and Ignis will immediately run. <laughs> When Ignis becomes the BBEG, heck yeah. Some oh. water, just throw it. <laughs> try to... Make Ignis shower and oh she turns to a baby. Anyway, that's all we have. That's the final section of the day. Uh, yeah. That how's your first time guesting on Rose Gallery podcast, Farid? 
come again. How how's, how how was it? How was it? How was it? Was it's fun. It's fun being here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, in um, the future, you could you know, join us more. <laughs> maybe maybe you can join us for next if week. If I can keep wearing these tuxedos, I'll come. At oh S heck! Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll make you <laughs> the next time you come. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's all we have for this week. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, but next week War won't join us because of. Uh, personal things. Maybe we'll get fired again. We'll see if we didn't scare yeah. him off this week. And the fans are helping me, and then I'll come back. Yeah, we love yeah. you. We love having you here. So Who doesn't good. love J Five? I do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, uh, stay safe and feel free to enjoy your healthy dose of dandy memes. And on your way out. Bye bye. <laughs>